0: Hello and welcome to this conversation podcast from Not About Us. I am Brad. And I am Scott. And this is Not About Us. Yes, it's that time again. We're going to do a conversation. Uh, As always, we... Don't you know necessarily plan these out, script these out? This is all just candid, so forgive us if it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, please. We might have some ideas of what we want to talk about, but we have not really, uh, really discussed them yet. So this is all candid. But before we do any of that, as always, it's very, very important that we remember this is not about us. This is about Yahweh. So, Scott, would you please be so kind as to invite him here to lead this conversation? You bet.
1: Let's go. Hallelujah. Yahweh, God, you are awesome and magnificent and holy, and we just love you and thank you and give you place here with us today. Yahweh, we invite you in. Have this. Have this be yours let us stumble over our own tongues. That's fine, but but what comes out, may it be your heart and whatever you have that you want people to hear today and you want us to hear. Brad and I, we're learning ourselves as we go. So I have no idea where this conversation's gonna go, but really hoping that, that you take it and run with it and let it be yours. hallelujah, hallelujah amen and amen
0: hallelujah thank you Scott all right well um, I have an idea of something I want to talk about it's a little personal sorry it's gonna be about me for a moment but it's really not because Absolutely. it's something that yeah. was uh, um, really kind of cool um, our testimony is not selfish go <laughs> right. for it uh, okay so long story short what a couple of three weeks this has been for me lots of ups and downs um, Deaths in the family A death in the family um, But also um, I've been doing some studies Some devotionals Doing some prayer You know, really chasing Really working on my relationship with God And I started getting some of that uh, Um, I'll call it an attack I was attacked Spiritually I started remembering uh, my sins I started feeling bad I started getting that uh, sensation that You know Oh God, I'm I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I know you love me. I don't understand it though because I'm not good. I'm, I'm, lower than trash. I'm insignificant. And uh, this all kind of got me to a point. Um, this last Wednesday, and and was, just so people know, this is a conversation on July thirty-first. Uh, by the time it gets posted, it'll be a little later than that. Um, so this last Wednesday, um, I've got, uh, you know, just about 15 minutes to get to work. going to be there well on time, but suddenly I, uh, all of these emotions, all of these thoughts, all of these prayers, all of this stuff that I've been going through, I break down. I'm in my car, and I'm just bawling. I am just in tears. I feel just low as can be. I'm not worthy. I'm having to turn my head to the left or to the right because I've got cars next to me, and I don't want them to look into my car and see this disgusting image of tears and snot and all of this stuff going on. And I'm at a, I'm at a red light, and I'm parked waiting for it to change. I have to turn my head to look out my window, the driver's side window, and I do a quick glance back to see... If the light has changed to green yet, and boom, a crack in the sky, a rainbow crack in the sky, right in front of me, perfect alignment with me. Now, I don't want you to think I'm being selfish here when I say that was for me, um, because that was for me. I'm not special. I'm not But God loves me. He loves you. He loves all of us. And this is the second time that I have been in this position, that I have been so humbled, that I've been so meek, I have been so low, I've been so emotional and upset, and tears are just coming, and God has shown something to me to remind me that he loves me, and he immediately turns my tears to uh, tears of joy.
1: That's fantastic.
0: I was so excited. Scott can attest to this. I get to work. <laughs> yes. And, uh, well, okay, real, real quick, re- rewind. I pull over, and I want to get my camera out because I've had an encounter before like this, and I tell people about it, but there was no way to to document it, to show it off, to, to prove it. And I'm like, no, I'm going to get a photo of this. This is awesome. So I pull over, and I just stop, and I'm taking pictures, and then I'm realizing... Brad, you should not be taking pictures. you should be on your knees thanking God. So I then just start praying and praising and thanking. and uh, then I realize, oh, I still gotta get to work. <laughs> you know oh, so, yeah, work, yeah, <laughs> so you know, I'm like, I'm, God, God, oh my you you're amazing. I, I love you. I can't believe this. this is awesome. I still gotta get to work. And I did arrive on time, so all of this happened within a 15 minute period. Um, but the first thing I do when I get to work, I haven't even clocked in yet. I see Scott and I'm Scott, Scott, come here, come here, come here. You got to see this. (laughs) And, uh, and I just can't wait to show him this photo. Um, so for me personally, it was also nice just to be able to, uh, to go, this happened and here's some proof of it. (laughs) Yeah. You know,
1: and actually if you can, uh, I suggest putting that photo up as the little icon for this conversation. Oh,
0: oh, that's smart. Absolutely. Okay, so. Sounds surprised by that. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Um, but I want to, I'm giving you this testimony. I'm sharing this with you because I'm excited about it. It's, a, it's more proof of a God that loves me and will take care of me and a God that I love and I want to share with others. Um, but as always, this is not about me. Nothing in that story is about me. It's all about God. Uh, it's yeah. about how he loved me. Um, he took my tears and he turned them around. He reminded me when I needed him to um, that, no, I, I do have a purpose with him. So, um, yes, that it was an experience that happened to me, but it's all um, about Yahweh God, all about Yeshua the Messiah, all about the Spirit. That being said, if people have had encounters like this, uh, I would love it if you commented and shared those with me because this is the kind of stuff that gets me really really pumped and really excited yeah. really refreshes my spirit
1: you know that that kind of brings up another point we've talked about it before uh, how how you and I just connect and and we're like each bring a different piece of the puzzle in and it is it's I've heard it said before we have two bullets in our gun the word and our testimony and it in a way it's not that we're limited and we both don't have them both. But in a way, it's kind of like I'm the Word and you're the testimony. And, and again, it doesn't mean you're not in the Word and I don't have a testimony, but it is. I have a passion, just a natural passion for digging in and studying. And if I want to talk about me, I can tell it as an analytical explanation but I don't like to talk about me. <laughs> right. You definitely get passionate about stories and about about the the real life experiences. Not to say you don't get passionate about the Bible too because you definitely do. But uh it, it's just I don't know, it these things like you just said, you know, hey, tell me your stories because I love them. And you do. It it's amazing and and that's awesome about this.
0: Well, and we've talked about this before, but I really do believe you and I were brought together because we are people joke that we're actually the same person quite a bit at work. They, (laughs) they, they, I get called Scott all the time. He gets called Brad. Um, you know, they, we, we joke that we're interchangeable, you know, it doesn't matter which one of us is there. We're both there, you know? And on that
1: note, we both worked at the same clinic for a few years and it happened and then we both moved to a different clinic and I moved first, and it was about five months later that Brad came over, and it picked right back up. It picked right back up, and we were both just laughing about it. It's like, oh,
0: this, oh well, this is just is, you know. But even after you left the last clinic, and I was still there, we got a new manager that you never even met. She never, <laughs> she never met you. Uh, I got called to her office, and she starts up, oh hey Scott. And i'm like what what wait what <laughs> and she's like oh i mean i mean i just wanted to talk about something that scott did while he was here and i'm like no no this this <laughs> this isn't supposed to keep happening <laughs> but uh but what i'm saying is i really do believe you and i um if we, like i'll use that video game logic. If we look at our stats my stats are higher in certain areas. Yours are higher in certain areas. Mine are a little lower in certain areas. Yours are a little lower in certain areas. But I truly do believe that God brought you and I together. And maybe someday I'll actually make the map, or at least the best that I can, that'll show all the little things that had to have happened to make Scott and I meet each other. And then to even go from there uh, to become friends, to actually become family now by marriage, um, to get to this point, it was meant to happen. I don't believe in coincidences anymore. I believe in God winks. And Scott, you were actually literally the answer to a prayer that I prayed a while back. But uh, where I'm going with that is God knew you needed someone like me to yeah. bring out your stories, bring out your your. Uh, More emotional side. And God knew I needed someone like you to reel in my emotions Mm -hmm. and help me uh, look at the things more logically to really dive in deeper into scripture. I mean, you inspired me to not just read the Bible at face value, to actually look Mm -hmm. into uh, more than just the printed word. God knew that we needed each other. And throughout scripture, it mentions, by the two witnesses, Uh, you know? So I just feel like that's a testimony right there, you know, that God knew what each of us would need, and he made it happen. You know, I don't often bring it up because
1: I don't think about it consciously, but every once in a while I I realize, you say I was an answer to prayer, and I totally forget you were an answer to mine because the studying that we're doing, digging into the Bible like this, things that we're saying, uh, especially if you go in and check out the feasts, that at this time they're not up yet, but they will be shortly. Uh, The feasts of the Lord, things like that. I was getting so excited. I'm discovering all of this new stuff I'd never seen before, and it's just increasing my love and appreciation for God, and I'm just marveling at Him. And naively, I just thought everyone else would feel the same way. And I was taking this to friends, to, to church members. And I'm like, check this out. This is so awesome. This is so amazing. And at most I would have a tepid, yeah, that's kind of interesting. But very often I had just, I I had angry responses and it shocked me. I had, get that out of my face. That is wrong. That is, that is terrible. And I, I was stunned. I was absolutely stunned. And after... A certain amount of time doing that kind of thing, I gave up, and I had I just for a couple years I shut down, and said, "Look, I know what I believe. Uh, I'm chasing the evidence. I'm chasing God. He's revealed to me in this way. If nobody else wants to hear it, fine. I give up. I'm not sharing it anymore. I'm shutting down. My head is." Is bloody. The blood is getting in my eyes, so I can't see. From beating my head against a brick wall, I quit. I'm done. I'm not fighting that wall anymore. And I just went into a little hole. I said, I'm not giving up on God. I'm not. I'm not saying all of this is wrong. I'm just done dealing with everybody else. And so, Brad, you were an answer to my prayer because I was praying for for someone to share this to who would have the same passion and Like yourself, it didn't get manifested right away, and it kind of got forgotten about. And so sometimes I don't think about it, but you're right. Uh, You were an answer to prayer for me too. But um, something else I want to get into real quick. There's a couple things I'm trying not to forget before we move on, but I'll say one of them right now is you mentioned this week what happened to you. I'd like to mention that in our last conversation podcast, did I? Did I talk about wanting to be a soldier in the last one? I think I did. Or yes. did I just talk about it with you? Cause, no, cause no, no. I, I forget these things.
0: No, you did. You uh <laughs> Well, as of right this moment, that one's not up yet because I'm still I'm a little behind. Actually, real quick, Scott, I'm sorry. I'm Go going for to it. apologize to our listeners. Because of the last three weeks, there has been a lot of stuff going on in my life that I have not been keeping up on the editing. And at this point I have a, I think like nine to edit. Um, and I'm, and I have just made a commitment today to God, uh, to myself to get my butt in gear now because, um, all of my stuff's taken care of. My grandma has been laid to rest. Her service was awesome. I mean, things have just really been looking up. I had that amazing moment on Wednesday, so I'm recording this commitment. I'm going to get God back up and we're going to be good to go from now on.
1: And that's cool for my part. You don't have to stress it because the way I see it, we've got them recorded. They're out there. They're waiting. They'll get put up there after a time. But uh, but yeah, I understand it. You want to get them out there. You want to share them. We, absolutely. That's awesome.
0: Well, because I think of them as love letters to God. And yeah. it excites me. It, these podcasts do excite me that uh, I get to share that love letter that I did to God, that we did to God with everyone. And love needs to share. And I want to get them out there. I want to get them shared. Sorry, go ahead.
1: No, absolutely. Thank you. It's a conversation. Let it go. I said I wanna I'm learning how to be a soldier. And so oh, that's right. I did remember this. I'm talking about I'm even I'm wearing the dog tags I talked about last week again. And uh so I just wanted to give a kind of report that beginning of the week was awesome and amazing, but it was is difficult in the sense that I was breaking from some routines and my body was going, I wanna do that again. And it was like the more I was saying no and digging, the more I was getting, and the more the better it felt. But as the week went on, I kind of went. Ah, I'm tired. I'm done. I, I've gone as far as I can, and kind of fell back into uh, again not evil, you know, playing the video games, watching movies, you know, just just me time. You know, I wasn't being a soldier. So what I noticed as this particular week went on, is that as it started and I was digging in and going for it, my week, everything else that was happening felt wonderful. Brad and I, again, we do the same job so he knows what I'm talking about, but I essentially answer calls at work all week. And I listen to the people who are trying to get in to be seen by doctors. I'm listening to needs that they need our clinic to do, to mail out stuff, whatever they need done, I'm usually the first guy taking those calls. And Mondays especially are the busiest, slamming day of the week. The weekend has gone by, our clinic has been closed, and now everyone for the last two days plus Monday who things are happening, they need it all done right now. And we are just Constantly, constantly, constantly taking nothing but calls. Got eight calls backed up, trying to get to all of them as fast as we can. Not always succeeding, especially with COVID. It's added time to everything. We're literally answering some calls, 20 minutes they've been on hold. Trying to get to them as fast as we can. And, And that, as you can imagine, creates for some very angry people.
0: And rightfully so. Yeah. But
1: on Monday, as I have usually been... I'm I'm handling it with ease. And it, it not only, I'm not stressing it and I'm not burdened by it, but it's actually, it feels like an adventure. It feels like a video game, the sense that there's struggle going on, but you enjoy the struggle. This is fun. This is exciting. As the week went on and I just started slipping and getting tired and not caring as much, by Thursday, yesterday, as I record this, it's my easiest day. In fact, I only have a half day. I only come in for four hours. And in that day, it's usually our easiest day. Thursday, Monday's our toughest. Tuesday's also another tough one. Wednesday, it's starting to slide. Thursday's usually not as much is going on. Friday usually picks up again a little bit. But Thursday is an easy day comparatively. We don't have the number of calls. Our provider's a little more wide open to get people in. Monday, they're usually packed, and we can't make anything fit the way people want them to. Thursday is a fairly easy day. And I just found myself just upset with every little thing going on. And I I was conscious of the fact that the calls weren't changing it's not like on Monday everyone calling in was you're the greatest and you're wonderful and on Thursday they were all I hate you, you're awful. And no, the calls were all the same, little mix of both. You know, thank you so much, next call is you you all stink and I want you to know that. Next call is I appreciate you. The next call is I hate you. You know, it's a little it's a little of like like everything you guys do who have to deal with customers. Uh, it happens everywhere. Some customers are wonderful. Some customers you could do without. And, but Monday, everything's fantastic. Even the haters. Thursday, it just felt like it just got to me. And I couldn't handle it. And I was conscious of the fact that my drive to be a soldier had been forsaken. It's like I had gone as far as I could. I got tired. And when I quit, when I quit chasing him my perception changed. It's like I didn't have God with me anymore, understanding the people I was dealing with. I didn't have his perception going on, and everything stunk. When I wasn't seeing with his eyes, when I wasn't experiencing with his heart, everything was awful. But when I was, even the things which people consider to be awful, which I was considering to be awful on Thursday, were exciting. We're, we're going to make this happen. This is a challenge. And it was actually fun and refreshing. And I have a much better time just not taking it personally. And you keep moving. And there's, there's also a much easier time of letting the Holy Spirit come through you and having the right answer for someone. So Thursday, I got to a point where I was consciously just sitting between calls when there, when there were no calls, just stopping and praying and repenting. I was repenting for not inviting him into my life. Now, so it was a semi-success in the week in that when I said I'm going to be a soldier, I didn't know how far I'd get. And I got, I think I got farther than I expected for my first attempt at this. And I, as I was telling Brad earlier, I always feel go for it all because you're not going to reach the level that you strive for the first time. Uh, so, so go for everything because that will get you higher than if you tried for less. And so I felt good about as far as I got, but I realized, hey, I'm not there yet. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. This is still practice for me. I need to do better. But in retrospect, I actually appreciate the suffering that I went through on Thursday because there was clear evidence that when I walked away from him, when I let it go, I suffered. I suffered. And that, gave, that, that actually encouraged me knowing that, hey, there was tangible evidence in my heart and in my life. With him, awesome. Without him, I hated every moment of it. So just kind of giving a report. For those of you who listened to these On last week, I said I was going to go for it. This is what happened.
0: I think it's absolutely crazy that as Christians, uh, we eventually get to a point where we go, man, I, I really appreciated that sorrow. I really appreciated that uh, tri- <laughs> tribulation. I really appreciated that difficult time. Mm-hmm. Because you do start to recognize why those situations, why those times are important, and how they can lead you back to God in a much uh, even deeper than you were originally. Yeah. I really appreciate that report, um, Scott. I just... I When we first started out and we were doing our weekly Bible study Sabbath, this was just my it was just my personal opinion no scripture to back it up but i used to i used to have our sabbath and next day fired up everything was awesome and wonderful and amazing and next day still awesome wonderful amazing next day a little less awesome wonderful amazing and by the time i got to the sixth day before we were going to sabbath again it was, oh, this job. I got to go to it again. Got to get this done, and then the next day would be the Sabbath. And whoa! All right, we're gonna start it again. Next day is wonderful, amazing. Yeah. I just I developed this idea in my head that six days was the absolute maximum, and I also believe that your soul um, can have emotions and have feelings, and it can be hurt, it can be grieved, it can be you know, happy, it can be joyful. And I think six days was the absolute max that at least my soul could go without having that spiritual refreshing. Yeah. And then when it had it, it was on fire. It was joy and happy and wonderful and amazing. And you know what I just thought about that? What's that?
1: Because it's really been hitting me lately about how dead the church is. Yes. Now, Now, individual pockets out there, very much alive, but overall, the body of Christ is very much a, a dead, lifeless, going through the motions thing, and how many people have not had your Sabbath experience that you're discussing for years, and how sorrowful, and how pitiable that is.
0: Mm-hmm, and that might help us answer why some people, we would call them bitter why you know some people we would call them angry old people or what whatever we might label them as, but there are people out there um, I've encountered them many times at the clinic. Um, there are people that come in already upset about something, maybe not even related, and I've had to be the punching bag for them i've had yeah. I've had to try to do my best to humble myself and go this person just needs a punching bag i can at least do that for them and hopefully that will be enough for them to get them through but uh i I see it all the time and i and i don't want to stereotype but i see it a lot of older people too Mm -hmm. it makes me wonder what happened what happened to make them so bitter yeah and uh it it, that grieves my soul that you know that breaks my heart Mm -hmm. but uh this might be kind of funny Um, Just today, um, Scott actually took a day off, you know, so all those phone calls were coming to the rest of us. Um, I have to explain it real quick. Our system is on on the browser, and we can see all the lines. um, Anyone who's got their phone turned on, uh, we can see if they're ready, if they're not ready, if they're on a call. And so there's like six lines that I can see. And at one point, they all went green, which is awesome. It means they're all ready. There's no call. And I look at uh, my coworker uh, to the left of me. I won't say her name because I don't know. I don't have her permission. But uh, I look and I, I go, this must be what heaven feels like. (laughs) and then and then the joke She said this isn't heaven this is Iowa (laughs) that's right and then the joke (laughs) continued from there and I was like no actually heaven would be more when that when that changes to yellow which tells me I have a call and I pick it up and the other person says I love you (laughs) and that's the call and I put it down that would be heaven (laughs) that was just a little joke you know Oh wow. Uh, a little metaphor maybe, but uh I just thought that was funny.
1: That's awesome. <laughs> now, I said I had two things that I did want to talk about. The second is my shout out. <laughs> <laughs> Who do we got today? I really do like these. Well, my second uh a, a, a long time ago I mentioned Paul Burris as my shout out because he he's the artist for Spirit Man, my comic. And um again, if you haven't checked it out, feel free it's uh, spiritmancomics.com. It's also gorillaheadcomics.com. And because Paul does all the work on it. I, I write the thing. I give it to him. And that's it. That, my, my work is done. So he's amazing. And the reason I mention him again is because my shout-out today is Brad. <laughs> because basically what you're hearing of my voice right now is primarily, that's it for my input. Now, I study the scripture. I, I create my script, so to speak, just like Spirit Man, and I I come up with my stuff, but you know what, guys? We're on, we just finished recording Genesis 11, and I, at the same time, Revelation 4, the podcast has been, has been out there. The reason it's outnumbered 11 to four, one of the reasons is because Brad does all the other work he edits, he puts it together. Now he loves it. It's awesome and he gets excited putting the pieces together and he goes to YouTube and he puts visual images with things. And I'm not saying and and Brad you can confirm. <laughs> You're not <laughs> not saying he hates it and it's fun, but guys, he does all the work. And Brad, I just appreciate you for that. And thank you cuz the year if you weren't doing that this wouldn't have life. Because, I would be going. I don't know what to do here. What? I can't figure this out. What? What is happening here? So, you're my shout out for today.
0: Well, thank you. I don't know what to. Now I feel a little bad. Going. Woo! I'm excited. (laughs) I should be. I should be more humble than that.
1: When you said that, I was like, (laughs) I wonder how he's gonna feel when he (laughs) hears.
0: Well, thank you. I have a unique shout-out that I would like to give, too. Oh, I'm stealing your thing again, Scott. I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> okay, I've mentioned it before. I don't want to creep anybody out because I cannot see who you are. Uh, uh, a lot of times I can't even see what city you're from. But uh, my website lets me know who's coming and give me a general idea of where they're from. Um, one, one city that I can actually see is uh, Oak Park, Michigan. So if you are from Oak Park, Michigan... I just want to give you a shout out because I've noticed that you've actually been listening to quite a bit of our podcasts, and uh, I just, thank you, Oak Park. Yeah, I just think that's awesome. Thank you, Oak Park. Also, we have um, Chicago, Illinois. I don't know anybody from Chicago, so I'm pretty sure this isn't my family. Uh, I'll give you a shout out. I just saw that you were uh, you spent some significant time on the uh, on the page. Looks like you checked out studies. So uh, thank you, Chicago. Um, All right. And, and on top of that, we also have some out of, the, out of our country. We have um, still people coming from Vietnam, which I think is awesome. Uh, we had someone from the United Kingdom. Um, these are the ones that I can't narrow down. I don't know where in the United Kingdom you are, but thank you for coming. And uh, Ireland, which could be my family, could be. Huh. Um, uh, my family on Grandma's side. Um, if you are a family or if you are just a visitor from Ireland, thank you. Thank you for giving us a, a listen.
1: Yes, we do appreciate it. Like I said, we're this is not about us. And I've said before that for me and myself, I, I'm doing this for God and my connection with him. But I understand that, like I said, this is not about us. God has a purpose in this. And God knows exactly who needs it out there. And, and he has love and inspiration to give to certain people that just need it right now. So, awesome. I, I don't thank you for, for me, for, hey, you're listening to me. That's, I'm <laughs> so awesome, you know, that you would listen to me. No, no. I just, I appreciate the fact that, that God is using me to connect with other people who need it, I, th- I thank him that he's made me his conduit and received a portion in the blessing of reaching you.
0: And something that we uh, talked about earlier today, just as a, not, not like we were gonna bring it up in the podcast or anything like that, sometimes Scott and I actually just talk. <laughs> Believe it or not. <laughs> not. Had nothing to do with the podcast, but it was just a, a, an idea that popped in, into our heads that we thought was kind of uh, cool. What if this podcast right now, because God knows better than we do, what if someone in the year 2040, we'll just throw a number out there, you know, maybe maybe the internet's completely different and and uh, how they are accessing this, you know, who knows, but somehow they've stumbled upon this because God needed them to hear something that we said, something that was actually truth and i don't want to be all hey everything we say is truth because everything we say is not truth we we can't do any of this without uh god uh we will stumble we will mm-hmm. um toby mac song we'll be packing our bags when we need to stay you know it's uh uh it's not uh not we're not capable of doing this without god yeah but what if we say something here and In the year 2020 and in the year 2040, someone stumbles upon something and it was the exact thing they needed to hear that led them to be saved or led them at least out of a bad situation. How cool is that idea? Yeah. That we could be doing something here in 2020 that could potentially be affecting someone's life, someone's spirit. Um, Who knows when? God, he knows. But yeah, I don't know. Just a cool thought that we had earlier just... Felt like Sharon. Yeah. You have no idea who's
1: going to connect when or why or or what God's going to lay in their hearts. All you can do is be obedient to what God tells you to do at that moment. That's hopefully what we're doing. Not always perfect at it, but we're trying.
0: Right. Which then brings me to scripture and how that does that all the time. Something that was written 2,000 years ago or more Mm -hmm. um, can still have incredible meaning for you, me, or some random guy Uh, 20 years from now, you know, it's scripture was written in that time, but it was written for all of us at all time. Still just an amazing thought that I can never really contemplate how God can be for every person ever in every moment.
1: Yeah. Wow. It's mind blowing, but he is guys. I've said it before. I'll say it again. He wrote the entire Bible for you. You listening right now, the entire thing was written for you. And over the last couple of weeks, I've heard people who, uh, other listener, uh, other people that I listen to, other people that I study from, who have made particular efforts to bring up the fact that you should not think that the Bible is written only for you. Now, yes, it's written with so much more in mind. God, is that perfect and that awesome. It was written for nations. It was written for cities. It was written for groups. It was written for denominations. It was written for times. It was written for, for everything. But one of those things is you. You particularly listening right now, it was written, the entire thing was written for you. No, you know that that doesn't mean to blow off the prophecy worldwide and all of those big thoughts and thing and pictures physical pictures of spiritual examples for those of you who've been listening you know that's something i harp on all the time but yes we have prophetic big ideas of things that are going to happen and things that have happened yeah absolutely but never forget he wrote it to you
0: something that we learned in a podcast Genesis study not too long ago was that the word good can mean function correctly. And I've really been taking that to heart. The Bible is good, and it will help you personally on in your own life function correctly. But I believe that if we followed all of the examples in there as far as politics, medicine, um, how we should run our cities, how we should—it doesn't matter. Every, anything and everything that's in there— if we followed that example, then everything would function correctly. That's my mm-hmm. belief. And someday it will function correctly again yeah. when the Messiah is back. But uh, yeah, no, the Bible was written for everybody and for you. Yep. You uh you one of the plays that you wrote, um, the conversation momentarily lost the <laughs> this is the only one that I was gonna be a part of and I already forgot I forgot the title. Um, but there's a line in there that uh he's a he's a baby Christian, um and he's just like discussing the Bible and he's like, Well it's not for me. It's like it's about Israel and ancient times and and you know, what what do I have to do with it? And that was that reading that was one of the things that made me go, Oh, the Bible was written for me. 'Cause I was that person when I was a baby Christian that uh yeah, you can learn you can learn how to be a, a decent person from what you read in there if you follow the examples. But that made me really for the first time go, Wait, the dedication page of the Bible says to Brad.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's an awesome way to think about it. I hadn't considered that before, but I love that. And
0: it doesn't matter who looks at it, it'll have their name. Yeah you know, to Sarah, to Ashley, to Ben, to uh, Lau, to, you know, who doesn't matter who you are, what your name is. If there was a dedication page of the Bible, it would probably say something like, to such and such, I love you.
1: Yes. Oh, I love that. Dedication right at the beginning from God to you specifically. Wow. Oh my goodness, there there went my mind, <laughs> oh boy.
0: I love when I can do that to you because <laughs> you've done it to me so many times. Speaking of
1: mind, something else I'll throw out there that's just been on my heart lately, I've been thinking about, and eh, maybe this won't hit you, but this is a conversation piece, Just throwing stuff out there. The, the difference between closed-minded and open-minded. and it's because we, we need to understand that we need both. We have to be closed-minded. We have to be open-minded. The idea behind everything is to get to the point where you can be closed-minded about something because you know you're right. You've found it. Like I've said before, I, I there's one thing I know is that Yahweh is God. Yeshua is his son. He came and he died for my sin. And only because of that grace, that gift given for me, can I... Be with him forever, and he sent his holy Spirit after he rose from the grave. I know this. You cannot convince me of anything else. I'm very close-minded. I can afford to be close-minded. I'm right. Now, I'm very close-minded about a few other things too. Two plus two equals four.'m Very close-minded about that. Math is a good example. Once you have the proof that something is right, mathematically, you're done now open-minded we should all be open-minded at all times but all that means is you have the honest ability to listen I I am open-minded and closed-minded at the same time open-minded just means I have the honest ability to listen to what you have to say and assess it honestly with what I already know to be true And I say no on different levels. You know, knowledge comes in... uh, On different subjects, knowledge comes in different levels. This one I might know. It's really just nothing more than a logical guess. This one over here, no, I know. I've done the research. I've done the study. I'm pretty certain of where I am. Uh, And so on and so forth. You come to me with a different idea. I'm open-minded. I'm honestly listening. But if I say no... No, what you have to say, I've compared against the evidence I already have, and I find your position wanting, I am not going to come over to your side. Then what do I hear most often in my life? Well, you're just not open-minded enough. Now, generally speaking, when I hear this, what they're really saying is, I find fault in you for not blindly coming over to my closed-minded ideal when they accuse you of being, not being open-minded. We all need to understand this is a process with everything in our lives of coming to the correct place, finding out what that correct place is and reaching it and staying on that until evidence comes along that shows you you're not actually in the right place. You only thought you were. So this is just something that, that personally bugs me because because of that, because people accuse me of not being open-minded when I'm very open-minded. No, I honestly listened and analyzed everything you said. You're wrong. I've come to that conclusion because of the knowledge that I have in existence already. Yours does not outweigh that evidence. In some cases, there's a piece that I will consider but the evidence has to grow beyond just that one brick. You added a brick to this side, which may be evidence for your side, but I've got a building on my side. I've got a thousand bricks. So, okay, you've added a brick and I will consider that and I'll leave it there on the one side, but on the other side, I have a thousand. Your one doesn't outweigh my thousand. Uh, So unless you can find something that removes those bricks from the other side and adds more bricks to yours, I'm not changing my opinion. And I want to share an example with that. 2 plus 2 equals 4. How many of you would just say, duh? Duh. Yeah. I found someone the other day who was talking about nothing is truth and nothing is absolute because not even 2 plus 2 equals 4. And the reason they gave is because in binary, 2 plus 2 does not equal 4. And so there, therefore, that proves that nothing is true, not even math. And I had to stop and go, wait a second. No, you're wrong. Hold up two fingers, those of you listening, and in one hand. Hold up two fingers in the other hand. And then just say, this many on one hand, plus this many on the other hand. Put them together and say, equals this many. That is a mathematical principle. You take X amount, you add it to X amount, you get X amount, whatever that is. You get Y amount, sorry. You hey, wouldn't get X, I'm repeating myself. But that's, uh, anyway, now I'm confusing myself. If you take two and you put it together with two, you get four, regardless of what you call it. What these people were doing is a is a trick of Satan. Now, it's interesting that the person I got this from was a minister who was saying this on the pulpit. He was confusing principles of language with principles of mathematics. The principles of mathematics say, I take this many, I put them together with this many, I get this many. Again, take two fingers in one hand, take two fingers on the other, put them together. You see, two plus two equals four. I get this many plus this many equals this many. If I call it, if I take dos plus dos, I get quattro, If I call it whatever, that doesn't change the amount. They were saying truth doesn't exist because you can name it something else and it doesn't come out the same way. No, you're confused. You're taking this is what Satan does. He confuses us. He can't change truth, he can only try to make us see it a different way and confuse us in the process. The principle of language says that collectively we share sounds and syllables and give them meaning. We, as English speakers, have said two is a particular number. And we have said four is a particular number. Those sounds help us communicate with each other by giving ideas of what they mean in our heads. Two plus two equals four. To an English speaker, automatically assuming you're using the decimal system, that equals the mathematical truth that exists. If you change the language, the mathematical truth still exists. That will never change. It is absolute. And if you can say that changes, you've thrown out math. Math doesn't work. None of it does which I'm sure a lot of grade school kids right now are going, yes, I'm in that boat. I Let's drop math.
0: Um, <laughs> I'm in that boat. <laughs> that's right.
1: <laughs> but that's the kind of thing we need to understand. We come up with false truths like that. And I listen and I go, hey, you've got a point. Absolutely. I will be open-minded. I will hold that. But then when we when we're still... Open-minded and we hear what the truth. I just gave you another piece of evidence. We go. Oh, you're right I need to take that one brick that I previously put on the one side and throw it out and add another brick to the other side Now that changes the scales now. I see things correctly We can't be so open-minded that our brains fall out Open-minded simply means listen and honestly weigh the evidence. Sometimes we're gonna hear things that seem to be accurate But then later we find out they're not. Just honestly be open, but weigh the evidence as it comes in. I'm very close-minded that 2 plus 2 equals 4. You can't change my mind on that because it exists, because it's reality.
0: Well, I think uh, Paul told us to test the spirits, so he suggests being open minded but you still have to test the spirit you got to decide you got to figure out where this information is coming from what is the source what i think is interesting is uh some people today would like to argue that there are no absolutes but god himself has certain absolutes mm-hmm. god himself is an absolute absolutely <laughs> you know um if god said something if he spoke it it is an absolute So, if God said something's going to happen, if he gave us prophecy, then you can be sure that that's an absolute and that will happen. Revelation is an absolute. Mm -hmm. Um, But the enemy, the deceiver, will do everything in his power to trick you and fool you and make you believe that uh, even something like this, that there are no absolutes. Well, there are.
1: Yeah. One of the problems is it's... I've said this before, I, I come to my conclusions based on scientific reasoning, uh, which means uh, you put the evidence together, you collect the evidence, you put it through tests, you put it through trials, and then you make your determination after that on what exists, on what is reality, on what truth is, What what is the answer. Now, a lot of people will say even looking for God is not scientific. And the problem is... And this is, this is real. In science, there's two different categories, an A and a B category. The A category is things which you can determine to be true. How much, what's the volume of water in this container? We can measure that. We can determine that. What is the temperature of the water? We can determine that. We, you know, and so on and so forth. There are things of that nature. Now, even if we can't with our current technology, you can ask a question that's still considered scientific because it is something that can be understood even if we recognize it at this point in time we can't understand it. It still falls into category A. Category B are essentially matters of personal opinion. Uh, Yellow is the best color out there. I can't, okay to you, but I can't really argue that scientifically. Looking at
0: yellow too long gives me a migraine, sir. Yeah, there
1: you go. (laughs) To me, my favorite superhero is Spider-Man. That's a B category question. Because you can't scientifically prove it or disprove it. It, it just is. To you, it might be Superman, Batman, Captain America, Wonder Woman, uh, Scarlet Witch, whoever. That could be your favorite. And it just is. I can't scientifically put that to the test and say, No, you're wrong. Uh, this character is superior. Uh, you're wrong. This color, you know, that shouldn't be your favorite color. Uh, you can't do that with, with B-category questions. And what they've falsely done in the scientific community, and it makes no sense to me whatsoever, It's it, there's no logic to it. They've thrown the question of God in as a B-category question. Is there a God? And they've said, well, that's a B-category question. Uh, and so, therefore, even asking the question and trying to put it through scientific reasoning they consider unscientific. This is why you will hear atheists say, that's, that's not even science. It's not even science to go down that road, because it's a B category question. It's just a matter of opinion. It's cultural. And so therefore it's a B category question. No, is there a God? There's an answer to that question. That is a fact. It's yes or no. And then if, and, and actually for purposes of morality, is there a God being, you know, who is the highest being in existence? We already know there's a yes. So for, for purposes of morality, you, that question's already answered because if there's nothing else out there, then the default is us. We are God. So then the next question becomes, okay, if there's a God, and again, for morality purposes, yes, there is, then the next question is, who is he or she or they? And these are categories that need a scientific reasoning and an answer because they exist. The reality of who God is exists. Whether you like it or not, it exists. If there is no God and atheism is correct, then that is truth. Whether you like it or not, whether I'm pounding uh, uh, on the pulpit and saying, no, Jesus is God, nope, you're wrong you're factually wrong if he does not exist. Paul said it before, if Jesus is not God and he was not risen from the dead, then everything we're preaching is in vain. It's not just a cultural thing that some people can believe and that's okay, just like Santa Claus or, or Peter Pan. Yeah, if you believe it, go ahead, no problem. And if you don't believe it, yeah, go ahead, no problem. It's all good, that's the way they see Jesus. That's the way they see religion in general. It's a B category question, and it doesn't make sense. It, it, it makes no logical sense that they put it there, and it frustrates me so much. But that's why you hear atheistic scientists say that there's no scientific uh, reason for going there. It's because this is the base. They're treating it as already determined. Uh, they've, in other words, they've skipped the scientific process. They've gone straight to a conclusion. And this is unscientific in and of itself.
0: And then they'll accuse you of being closed-minded. But if you ask them to consider your perspective, to actually look at the evidence that you want to present, mm-hmm. there's a selfish motivation that will keep them closed-minded. Yeah. You know, we're all, we're all guilty of it, whether we are an atheist or a Christian or whatever. We're all guilty of being closed-minded sometimes when we should be open-minded.
1: Yes, so being closed-minded in and of itself is not automatically right. Mm-hmm. I'm just merely pointing out, yeah, there are truths out there that we should be closed-minded about.
0: Abs- oh, absolutely, the yes. absolutes.
1: <laughs> and to say otherwise has a false sense of wisdom to it. Mm-hmm. it. Because it's that, oh, let everyone just choose whatever they want and just let them be happy. Well, you, if you choose whatever you want and it's wrong... You're going to suffer the penalty. You're going to suffer the consequences. Oh, there are no consequences. Well, wait a
0: second. How did you determine that? Where was the scientific basis behind that? And the problem that I always face with, with this is I can't, I can't, as a Christian, I cannot just let somebody believe whatever they want to believe. Because I know, I, I'm close-minded on this, I know yeah. absolutely that... There is a God, that it's Yahweh, and I know that there is going to be a judgment. So the problem—it's not a problem. It's 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 my the mission. difficulty
1: deal, in dealing with the world.
0: Yes, the difficulty with dealing with the world is that I can't then watch you stand on that train track with judgment barreling down you at 150 miles per hour, knowing that you're going to get splattered. I cannot. Right. Because if I truly am being Christ-like, if I truly am being a Christian, being like Christ, I cannot let you die in your sin. I cannot let you get splattered by judgment at 150 miles per hour because I know what separation from God will be like. Yeah. So, So. <laughs> yeah. that's what I got. So, the problem there is then when you come up against those brick walls, um, you eventually have to get to a point where you've done your part and you pray that the seed has been planted and that it'll be enough that mm-hmm. now the Spirit can do its part. Yeah. And I've, I've encountered this. Um, you and I both have a, an acquaintance, and, man, I wish I I wish I was still fairly baby Christian when when I knew him, but um, he was an atheist, and, and I tried my hardest to say things here or there just hoping that the seed would be planted. Um, but I've learned a lot even since then. <laughs> but yeah. even then, you know, it's all also it's got to be a choice. You yeah,
1: know? it <laughs> always comes down to that uh, because it's free will. Because uh, we've said it before, God's a lover, not a rapist. He's not going to force you into anything. He's wooing all of us. He's not demanding. He says this: this is reality, people, and I want you over on this side. If you want to be saved, this is what you've got to do. I imagine it kind of as everyone has a ticking time bomb that is, it's inside of you. And if that bomb goes off still inside of you, you're dead. God has basically said, I don't want you to die. I love you. Come to me. I will remove it. But I am the only one that can remove it. And for those who say, I don't believe it, I don't, I, I think you're wrong. Doesn't change the reality that the time bomb is inside of you. There are some people who tell me well Everyone can just believe whatever they want and as long as they believe it strongly enough. They're okay That's not the reality of the situation and Love when it recognizes the reality tries to get the people to remove the time bomb But it has to be given up willingly It has to be recognized that it exists and it has to be offered up by the individual person. Yes, I want to remove this time. It's as simple as that. God, I want to remove this time bomb. Okay, done. All it takes is you acknowledging it and, and submitting to that. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. If he didn't mean it, and he's either a nut job or a liar, but everything, that, that is either truth or it's not. It's as simple as that. I have determined through scientific reasoning that that is truth. And once again, I've said it before, but I encourage you all, read the book, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. They they don't go through that book saying, here's scripture which proves this point. They go through science and say, this is what the evidence of science itself shows about who God is. And you just you just read it on your own, and you come to your own conclusions.
0: I don't even think they get into who God is until the fourth, fifth chapter. I mean, they start out with, "Okay, I'm going to prove to you there was a creation," and then mm-hmm. you know they they scientifically prove that, and then okay, well if there was a creation, now I got to prove to you there was a creator. So then they go and tell you about that. It's so it's a fascinating book, and it's not dumbed down by any means. But no. I was able to understand and comprehend it. You know, and I don't have a PhD. <laughs> you know, yeah. So, uh, highly recommend it. Frank um, Turek, I believe. Um, yes, yes. He uh, he's also um, has a he's in charge of a group online called Cross Examined, and he's done debates uh, with atheists and and different things. Uh, totally worth checking him out. Um, okay, so Scott, this Im- <laughs> this image popped in my head. Go for this it. This is not. This is this example is not as life and death as some of the stuff we were just talking about. But if you ever watch any of those um, amateur musical or singer shows like um, American's Got Talent or... Um,
1: I have seen some of them, yes. Right.
0: So sometimes they, they start out with audition phases where they have people come in, they sing. Right. You see the bad ones, you see the good ones. And a lot of times the bad ones that can't, don't have can't sing in tune, it doesn't sound good. A lot of times they'll say something to the effect of, "Well, my family and friends say I'm a great singer." Yeah. And this person wants to believe that to be true, but it doesn't mean it's true just because they want to believe it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so not a not a super important life and death thing, but imagine being saved from embarrassment if one friend was brave enough to come up to you and say, "Listen, I like your singing, but you're not a great singer." Right. You know, or just flat out, "Listen, don't go on that show. I don't want you to be embarrassed." Uh-huh. You know. So, uh, that's kind of what it is. It's "Listen, I don't it's on a much bigger scale. It's, "Listen, I don't want you to face separation from God. I don't want you to embarrass yourself. I want you to uh, listen to me and understand that I appreciate your singing. I love your singing. That doesn't mean everyone will.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, that's a, good, that's a good picture too.
0: But, Scott, this uh, it has been a good conversation, but we're starting to run... A Little long on this one, so I Good think time to wrap it up. I think we should wrap it up here. And and uh, wait, oh. I've got nine other things. Oh, drat! Oh, next time. The beauty of it is, is we can do it next time, <laughs> and well, as long as the Lord tarries, and right? <laughs> and if not, then we'll see you in
1: heaven and discuss it with you there
0: in person, yes. Wow, that's a cool thought. <laughs>
1: With him right there, showing us both (laughs) what really is.
0: Yes. Yes. He's just, guys, I love it, but man. (laughs) Man, you were so wrong. Let me show you what
1: really is going on.
0: (laughs) All right. But as always, this
1: has been Brad. And this has been Scott. And this has been Not About Us.